1: The fact that I have to pause between takes because I've got this saltwater taffy, the gift from the gods stuck in my teeth. <laughs> it's the same kind yeah. of thing that you get from, uh, from uh, uh, Twizzlers. Same kind of feeling.
0: No, Twizzlers are not the same at all. It's its just, you're so wrong about this, Dan. You're oh so wrong. Listen. A red the, vines are superior. If you're from the West Coast, no, red vines are superior. West. I understand there's people who grew up on the East Coast who think the Twizzlers are whatever, and like that's what they grew up with. That's fine. You grew up on the West Coast. You are you should be a red vine person.
1: So, funny story. My sister ran a movie theater, a couple movie theaters, for years growing up. And she's also team Twizzlers because she herself is a very intelligent Strong old wow. woman um, who understands that Twizzlers are talk better to your than parents. Red Vines, um, but they carry Red Vines in the theaters here, and and it's it being in charge of a couple theaters. She was like, I need to get rid of this trash in our theaters so we can actually sell them. Um, and she tried to bring in Twizzlers, but they had actually done like a regional market study and found that in the Northwest, people prefer Red Vines over Twizzlers. It's, yes, just, because Twizzlers are gross. No. Yeah, I mean, seriously, is Oregon out here sending, you know, or setting food trends? No, no, they're not. They're followers. Yet they they embrace red vines instead of embracing the greatness that is Twizzlers.
0: Okay, I don't know how that argument was supposed to flow because it was totally weak and I wasn't even listening to it. Are we going? Because I have exciting news. Okay, fine, go. I just drafted my fantasy team tonight. (laughs) I'm just getting back from that. And um, so that's my exciting news is I just I don't I don't know because I was so stressed out by the whole thing. It's like the timing and the clock and everything. So I think I did I did really good. Well, I think with my first two picks, I was like pretty late in the draft. Um, So but I drafted the first two. Well, I drafted Damian Lillard and I drafted Joel Embiid. And then after that, it just is all a blur. And I have no idea what happened. Like I was feeling so I was feeling pretty good about those two, though. Right. Is it?
1: Scoring, or is it categories?
0: I don't know what that means.
1: Ruh-roh. This <laughs> could be a long season. Because <laughs> if it's categories, like a nine cat, that Dame Joel Embiid, pretty decent. Pretty pretty decent one, too.
0: Is that when like you get points, or when you get like a whole bunch, of when they draw from a whole bunch of different things?
1: Yeah, you get points based on categorical um, head-to-head. And that's the other thing. It's head-to-head, right? Yes. <laughs>
0: I'm Ron Burgundy? <laughs> I'm Ron Burgundy? <sighs> oh,
1: jeez. All right. So
0: You took all the fun out of it. You were, you were supposed to say, good job, Tara. I, I, I was, Even I was, of the lord and Joel Embiid, that's the solid foundation of a is, fantasy team. No matter team.
1: what league it is, that's that's pretty solid, but it, it the solidness varies depending on what, what kind of league it is. So... But we're, it's it's a, it's a good foundation to build upon. Like, I wouldn't be mad if somebody had drafted for me and the first two picks were Damian Lillard and Joel Embiid. Like, that's that, that's pretty good. We, we, we can work with that.
0: Okay, thank you. It's kind of like the Blazers the in-
1: preseason. It was, it was pretty good. We could work with that.
0: <laughs> okay, so it's not bad news. Well, I, I was hoping that you'd be a little more excited for me. I, I'm excited I, that, that I got you're
1: Okay, now you've like now you're just like just to- just teasing my my basketball nerd.
0: What is that a good thing? Oh, I love Mo. I mean, it was a late pick. Yeah, obviously. no, no, no.
1: It's an upside pick. Like stuff like that. Like you, you, when you're drafting, no matter what kind of fantasy sports it is, like if you if you have the opportunity to take a risk at the appropriate time, then you do it. And then those are the guys, That's that's how you end up being successful in fantasy is hitting those home runs. With those guys, but you have to know when to take them. When it's too soon, when it's too late. Well, I guess it's never too late if they're there. Um, but like if you go too soon and you give up too much value, I mean, we're sorry ready to talk about fantasy basketball. Let's get to real basketball. I could go off. We'll, we'll do it. We'll we'll start a fantasy basketball uh, podcast because there's none of those out there, right?
0: <laughs> no. <laughs> I was only desperately trying to find one that made any sense at all this afternoon before I went into my draft. I was like, oh my God, I have to study up. And um, yeah, there were like Shut a million. Up Josh of them, and in,
1: in Round Rock basketball. That's, that's, that's the Yeah, game he
0: there. was one of the ones I tried to listen to. There you go. Okay, well, anyway, so that is what I've been doing. I was pretty excited about that because it does mean Uh, that the basketball is right around the corner. Not only is it the opening week of the NBA, it's also Danny's birthday week. Yes, it is. Happy birthday. Thank
1: you. Thank you. Yes, I will be older on Thursday. How old will you be? I'll be 34. Or is
0: that rude for me to ask? No,
1: I don't care. I'll I'll be 34 years old, 34 years young, however you want to take a look at it. I'll be... Older than my girlfriend forever and ever. <laughs> she likes to continually point okay. out. Um, but yeah, no, we uh, got a nice big group family dinner planned for Sunday night. Hopefully, we'll be celebrating a Blazers victory. Um, oh yeah, just a just a heads up to you. We may have to push the pod ba- podcast back a little bit next Sunday night. <laughs>
0: <laughs> ah, okay. Well, as I understand, we're gonna have to be pretty flexible the first uh, uh, this season with you being on TV and everything. Yeah, it's gonna be it's anyway. gonna be busy.
1: It's gonna be fun though. But thank you. It, uh, I'm, I'm hoping that you know opening night is fun for not just me, but for all of Blazerland, Rip City. Because uh, boy, have I talked a lot of trash about the Lakers, and it would be very, very unseemly if the uh, Blazers blew this game.
0: <laughs> okay. So what's your what's your quick? Like keys to a Blazer victory for the uh, opening night against the Lakers. Keep it simple,
1: stupid. Gotta love KISS. It's one of the best acronyms ever. They're a team that we preached or they, you know, the PR speak is continuity, continuity, continuity. Well, if it's ever gonna show up, how about in the the team that you're playing against that has almost no continuity? Like Mm -hmm. the only time that they play with each other is in preseason. Even then, it's been mixed results. So, uh You got to rely on the continuity. The Mo Harkless injury worries me quite a bit. Uh, we, we won't go off on of this one too much, but at this point in time, I don't expect Mo to start Thursday night. Um, they may try to work him in, but not playing basketball competitively since April, um, and then asking him or tasking him with going out and starting against LeBron James. Not a fan.
0: So do you think as Evan Turner played against Sacramento and uh, does it look like he is back Evan's like, to recovered from his shoulder injury? He,
1: even if he's still a little knocked up, um, he, he's good to go. He'll, he'll, he'll play. He'll yeah. Yeah. I mean, do you see those shoulder pads he had on?
0: Was he wearing shoulder pads or was he just wearing like a um, college basketball style undershirt?
1: That, uh, I. I didn't look close enough, but it was. A,
0: those are his actual guns, Dan. Yeah, no, that. Those, Turner's a big dude.
1: That's that. Those weren't his arms, though. That was like that was like Quasimodo. <laughs> like he, that thing was huge. I have never seen pads, shoulder pads, like that big on an NBA player. Like wearing that in the NFL, sure. But so that's that's a little cause of hesitation. But I, what I'm wondering here is what Stotts is going to do if Harkless doesn't start, because then you're basically tasking jake layman as the guy to if i had to guess i'd go
0: i think i think that he'll go with jake layman because i think he would rather go with jake layman there than disrupt what he's hoping is going to be the secondary
1: yep and that's kind of you think that's been Stotz's mo um and i think Stotz um gained a little bit of confidence in jake and then trust me i don't expect jake to go off for like 28 or 20 or 15 just be reasonable if he's the one who gets the start and he plays 20, 25 minutes, be again foundationally sound. Let that consistency or the the, um, the consistency of the roster and the familiarity with the, with the type, the players, everything else, kind of just come through in that situation, as opposed to you know what the Lakers are doing with you know basically a brand new team outside of Lonzo, Kuz and uh, Ingram. I mean, the, they've got what nine Hart. new guys, and well, and Hart. <laughs> Hart really featured here or there, had a nice little run, then got nicked up a bit. So how much mm-hmm. is he going to feature? And, and, and not to like, praise the Lakers in any way, shape, or form, but I, I, if the Lakers don't give Hart a lot of run, I, I kind of wonder what, what they're doing because they don't have a lot of shooting. That's basically the only guy that can give them that. But, in, but as it all kind of comes together, I, I think the Blazers should win this game pretty soundly. Like there's, there's a lot of things going in their favor, even with a heartless injury.
0: That would be so great. Okay, here's something that I've been wondering about and mulling over, and I wonder what you think about. I was I'm and maybe this is just because the the season is about ready to start, but I've been feeling more positive about the team than I did at the beginning. Um, and I don't know if it's Fool's gold because it's just like the season has started and it's all positive. But I mean, <laughs> seeing guys actually shooting and hitting baskets regularly in preseason mm-hmm. when that was so something that we missed last season, I, I feel a lot more confident about the team than I did, let's say, two months ago, I guess, is what I'm saying.
1: Yeah, I, I, even I feel that, you know, King pessimist. Um, defensively, there's still a lot of issues, but I think a lot of that has to do with Harkless and the rotations between the different lineups. Uh, the lack of Ed Davis with the second unit, uh, the experimentations with Zach Collins inside and outside. Um, there's, there's a lot. There's
0: of... some real puzzles to be solved. That's yeah, for sure. Yeah,
1: uh, particularly with that second unit. Um, there's one thing that I have liked is that they are pushing the ball. Uh, that's been nice. Uh, guys like Stauskas and Myers are letting shots fly. Seth, we've talked about this a few times. He's still kind of working his way in. Um, it doesn't look like his game is suffering as much as it looks like he's still trying to kind of find his way, uh, mm-hmm. which, I mean, really makes sense for a guy that hasn't really played ball all that much in the past year.
0: Well, and especially if you are a point guard, because you have a lot to do, but, like you're not just the guy who can just run in and grab the ball and catch and shoot.
1: Well, I think for him it's, and I noticed this against uh, Sacramento and I know that that's not, it's preseason in Sacramento, it's last preseason game, yada, yada, yada. But that was the first time we really got to see, Curry and Turner out on the floor together for a consistent period of time, having a little bit of training camp under their belts, right? Mm-hmm. So with that, what did you think? It was a little chaotic when they first got out there. Seth was dominating the ball, then Evan was dominating the ball, and then they kind of found their way as as the game progressed. Um, I think Seth is a guy that, that does work phenomenal as a catch and shoot guy, but I think people are probably looking at him too much as like catch and shoot, catch and shoot, catch and shoot. Like, when he played with Dallas in the 16-17 season, more than a third of his points came out of the pick-and-roll as the ball handler. Like, mm-hmm. he, he works with the ball yeah. in his hand, too. And he
0: went to the basket, and, you know, he was doing yeah. way more than just catching and shooting, yes. although he was doing that well as as well.
1: Yeah, so the, the idea that he's he going this, this guy who's going to stand on the perimeter and shoot is kind of ridiculous. So I, I think that... You're gonna see some ups and downs, but like you're gonna push the ball. They're gonna try and make some things happen, um, and which I think is fantastic. I and mean, one of the guys who's really benefited from this, and you wouldn't think otherwise, is Myers Leonard. Uh-huh. Myers has benefited from the, the increased tempo probably more than anybody. He's catching the ball in the secondary break and knocking down threes, or he's running the floor and getting dunks.
0: Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. Like yeah, he's getting some dunks. I'm. <laughs> I, I will lift my my. uh you're, you're no dunk dunking. This, um, you know, aversion for Myers, if if he wants to dunk, I suppose that's okay. Um, I mean, but
1: he, he he's, he's the one, feasting on it.
0: Yeah, he really is, and uh, he's got the one-handed dunks, the two-handed dunks. He just seems to be there, at the right time for those. There's they still can't, for the life of them, connect on a just a pure crashing alley oop. They had uh, <laughs> one the other day that I called the alley meh. The one the Nurkic. Yeah, it was just kind of like it was supposed to be, and then but they just hesitate, like, oh, is that what we're doing? Oh, are we doing oh, – oh, okay, well, how about I just, like, lay it in? <laughs> yeah, and that was, that, was, that
1: was the Nurkic, like, uh, measured response to Willie Colley-Stein <laughs> catching two lobs, like, four feet above the rim. It was like, oh, okay, yeah. yeah. So he, he's got some balance. Um
0: So one yeah, of those, 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 things those are the that big I've been notes in- that
1: I've seen for, as far as, like, preseason-wise. Like, pushing the pace, second unit working things out what shakes out from Harkless's injury and hope, hope, pray, whatever it is that you do, everybody out there, that this isn't something yes. that lasts the entire season with Harkless. Cause that's in the yeah. back of my head, like the whole, like, like there's somebody stepping on the chronic injury button, you know, in the back of my head, like, Oh God, not again.
0: Hmm. And just, you know, sometimes it's harder when it's like you, 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 you know, if it was, like, there was something definitely, like, torn or broken or mm-hmm. whatever, but it's it's so hard when he, like, wants to give it a go, but then he can't. You know, wants to try it out, but then he can't. Or, yeah, you know, they're cooler, not. Really, right? Being
1: probable and, 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 like, being slated for the starting lineup. Not, like, coming well, and this, in and getting a few minutes, but put into the starting lineup and then all of a sudden get yanked.
0: Yeah. Well, especially on the heels of everything that happened with Kawhi last year, Mm -hmm. just like we're all sort of primed to watch somebody, um, you know, stand up for themselves and how they feel about their body and what their body can do. But also it's a really long year for the fans (laughs) when that's going on, Yeah, you know, I I don't don't want him to, you know, or, you know, his, you know, the trainers don't want him to do something that he he can't do. Yeah. Right. But at the same time, it's just one of those those lingering injuries that are hard because it's like it's not like oh it was broken and they reset it and then he you know had to be in a cast and then now it's fixed or it's a sprain and we had to wait till the swelling goes down and then he can go again or whatever. Yeah, I mean, it's m- seems more nebulous than them.
1: My two cents on it from a guy who's had his knees torn apart and put back together again. It, the, just listening to him talk and watching him warm up the last couple nights, um, it's a trust issue. When I look yeah. at him, that's that's. That's like I recognize that look, and maybe he's trusting really good that at his leg and, isn't going to give out, or that, is, it's that, that it's that it's healed, that it's going to be okay, that tomorrow morning it's not going to be the size of a cantaloupe, all that stuff that comes along with it. Um, yeah, and I hope I'm right, I, and because that's it, it's not an easier fix, but it's a much mo- much more explainable fix than if it is a chronic injury. You know what I mean?
0: Mm-hmm. You you hope you're right in terms of you hope it's just something that he has to work through in his Mentally, head and just, just feel better. It. Yep, get, play and then the game just be on like it. okay, it's fine. Like yeah.
1: okay, even if it is going to hurt, because here's the thing: if for anybody who has never had a knee surgery before, once you have a knee surgery, you have good days and bad days. Like that's just the mm-hmm. reality of it. Like you never ever 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 get back to where it's just good again. Like there's, you just, well, every there's a lot then. of
0: errors in there. I think there are probably some cases where you come back fine.
1: <laughs> no, it, it, like, it's never, you'll always have one, one day where you're just like, what the hell is going on? And that's just, that's just knees in general. It sucks.
0: Okay. I want to talk about one more thing about the preseason, um, with regards to, um, uh, Zach Collins. So, one of the things we're kind of watching is, like, who is Zach Collins going to be paired with with mm-hmm. without Ed Davis? And is he going to be paired up with somebody? Or what? What's, what's that rotation going to look like? And as I was watching, I think that the combination of Collins and Myers is a safer bet, at least for the beginning of the season, than Collins and Nurkic. Than Collins and I anyone feel, else. I feel like he matches up pretty well with Myers at this point because – it's, it may sound weird, but I think like when when Nurkic isn't like Nurkic needs to just be concentrating on Nurkic and being the best Nurkic that that he can be, and Myers is already somebody who thinks a lot, as we know, but he's also been sitting there watching a lot of games. We know he likes to talk to people about what's going on in the games, and I just see him at least at the beginning of the season as a better like, and this sounds weird to say, but like studying influence. Um, alongside Collins right now. And like, maybe that'll shift. Like what I kind of imagine if I was the coach and I don't know anything about coaching. So that would be a terrible idea to make me the coach. But um, I, I see, you know, um, Nurkic and Aminu of course, starting and then Zach coming and playing in a little while with Nurkic and then Nurkic going out and Myers coming in and the two of them playing for a longer period of time together. And then maybe that shifts, as the season goes by, what are your thoughts on that rotation?
1: Uh right now, uh, I, I think Myers has done enough to earn those legitimate backup center minutes. Not the full Ed Davis 18 a night shift, but the probably ten to twelve minutes a night with a couple of those minutes going to Collins if the Blazers want to go really small. I, I think that's kind of where I sit right now with that front court pairing of Collins and whoever and it, it, that whoever is Myers um mm-hmm. Myers has looked okay defensively he's had a couple snafus that were really bad one that got uh Stott's pretty fired up the other night but otherwise I think he's been great um on well, not great sufficient let's put let's go that way because I don't mm-hmm. want the anti myers people to think that I think he's the second coming of Jesus it's it's okay folks <laughs> I just think he's done enough to justify 12 minutes a night calm down um but uh, Collins has had some some ups and downs, particularly offensively, and that's where I think somebody like Myers on the floor can kind of help justify those issues. Um, mm-hmm. You allow Collins, uh, specifically in the, the Sacramento game and the Phoenix game, I, I noticed that when Collins was playing inside, that they were l- almost leaving him offensively as long as he wasn't like next to the rim. If he was anywhere within like that mid-range area, they were loading up the floor and just kind of letting him roam free offensively and do what he wanted. Um, I don't know if that's a game plan thing or if something that those teams were, in particular were working on, like loading up towards Damon CJ. Right. Or if it was something like, they're like, Hey, make Colin show that he's got something offensively, you know, um, in that area. But to Zach's credit, he came through and that's when he actually started like gobbling up offensive rebounds. He actually led the Blazers in offensive rebounds in the preseason.
0: Oh, he did? Oh, okay. Yeah.
1: So, and a lot of that came so you t- from those... So you're
0: saying he took advantage of the opportunity when he saw that he wasn't being guarded. He, he he went not ahead guarded. He's not being guarded,
1: he's not being... It's really hard when you load up on the strong side like that and, and the weak side defenders are, are, are coming all the way over in that overload to get a body on a guy like Zach Collins who does move well for his size. Uh, so he found a way to kind of, to, to make those plays. And remember, it was one of the things we talked about was who could possibly replace some of that production on the offensive glass, um, if teams give Zach Collins that, that kind of Ed Davis treatment, then Collins could find a way to be successful there. And that's how I think that Collins could maybe play a little bit closer to the rim and be successful. And it's not necessarily successful in, this, in the sense of him scoring, but creating secondary opportunities or um, putbacks. I, I think in those scenarios, offensively, you can count on you know some level of production from him with Myers outside. Uh, because the flip side of that is Myers or Myers uh Collins had uh Jay Crowder down on the block, you know, a small forward slash power forward, who don't get me wrong, he's a strong dude. But uh if you're going to play inside and you can't handle Jay Crowder down there, you are not gonna be able to handle uh a Rudy Gobert or a Derek Favors or something like that. You know what I mean?
0: Well, and I, one of the things that I was watching because we were talking about it last week, is I was watching um uh Myers boxing out and Mm -hmm. when Myers and Collins were in together I saw Myers boxing out which was making Collins more available for rebounds so you know Myers was doing the keep everybody out of the way so that when the ball bounces off then Collins can get it
1: yeah eat up space and let the other guys fill
0: Mm -hmm. yeah Yeah. so they
1: they, and Collins seems to be figuring that out a little bit better too
0: they seem to be fairly fairly effective together. So, oh, I just cannot wait until the real basketball starts. Yeah, it's going to be preseason was exciting enough. Yeah, I mean
1: the the Lakers game is going to be a, kind of a strange test because they aren't going to run a real authentic big outside of JaVale McGee. Like we're probably going to see a pretty healthy dose of uh, of Kyle Kuzma or LeBron James, the five. So we could see that small. Yeah, ball so how does the, how do the quick. Blazers counteract that? <sighs> you go small. But you make sure you have Aminu on the floor if LeBron's at the five. Right. And you put Aminu so, uh, at, on floor. So, I LeBron, mean, if uh, LeBron then, is you,
0: in, Aminu is in. Is that how they're going to have to play I think that's how they're going to have Especially to play Heartless it. Especially
1: with Harkless out? Yeah. I think that's how they're going to have to play it. When LeBron sits, Aminu sits. That, that's how I do it, at least. Because I don't. I just oh don't trust God. anybody else in this roster to be to be able to, to make that play.
0: Sure. You know what the worst part of the fantasy draft tonight was? Mm-hmm. I can't believe I did this. I completely forgot to draft Aminu. I was, like, somebody took a oh, wow. and I was, like, you oh, traded him already. my
1: God. You traded him already. I can't believe in, in, in your heart and your mind, you've already traded
0: him. I can't, I can't believe I. I felt so bad. <laughs> I, like, beat myself up for, like, the next three rounds. And then the guy that I was sitting next to me thought I was so weird. I mean, he was also drafting, and he stole Kevin Love for me because you saw I had him, like, up waiting to draft him, and he stole Kevin Love, and oh, I was look so at mad at him.
1: You're your hand. What are you doing? Come well, on, man. I don't I thought I thought this
0: was a collaborative activity. No, no,
1: no! It's cutthroat. (laughs) It's cutthroat.
0: I need to find the collaborative fantasy. You're out here like Vladi Box writing your draft board
1: out for everybody else to see. I pulled the Sacramento Kings totally. Oh jeez. Well, did you did you draft five centers?
0: Just about. Oh god. Maybe
1: (laughs) maybe you are like the the Vladi of fantasy basketball.
0: I got Joel Embiid, Julius Randle, Stephen Adams, and Mo Bamba.
1: God, that's a that's a that's a fun center lineup.
0: Thank those, you. Those are I all. Thought so those
1: too. are all. Those are all centers that I really like. Wow. E- each one's u- like, each one's uniquely different. Paid out. Like, He's paid off, Dan. I-, I like every one of those guys.
0: Well, you can be a fan of Team Go Go Find Jake, which is the name of my team. Go
1: Go Find, which Jake. is what I
0: heard. Terry Stotts yell the last uh, during the Sacramento game. Somebody got the ball, and I heard Terry Stotts clear as day yell, "Go, go, find Jake!" And I was like, "That's the name of my fantasy team."
1: Okay, because that, that's, <laughs> that's a really, really weird name for a Power Ranger. Because that's like that's that's yeah. what I had in my head. It was like Go Go Power Rangers, and I was like, "Yeah." Ah. Okay, so this is gonna be totally, okay. but not entirely off topic. But I have to get your opinion on this. Okay. So, cuz I know you were you were there when when Jake went off. Um, the Jake the snake and the rattlesnake sound effect. You think you think they're leaning into that one perhaps a little too hard or are you in favor of it?
0: I mean, it's I, I don't feel like it's quite right cuz like it feels the little a little forced, rattlesnake right? has a real southwestern vibe yeah. and he has such <laughs> a like, you know, like North he should Eastern be wearing guy? an ascot and yeah. being on a yacht. <laughs> so that that just doesn't quite ring. I mean, Jake the Snake is like, you know, it rhymes. So that's good. Um, I like to call him Sweet Killer Jake because, you you know, Sweet Jake. Effect? But he also has, like, those eyes that are just, like, incredible. But also, like, he's a sharpshooter. So I call him Sweet Killer Jake. But I don't think that's going to catch on. So, so when
1: when you said that he you know he has an a- needs an ascot on a boat like all I could think of was Spalding from
0: Caddyshack. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> he's nothing like Spalding. You'll <laughs> get nothing in like it. No, he is not like Spalding at all. He's like uh, the opposite. He's see, a uh... see if they
1: don't play that you'll get nothing in like it clip. Like every time Jake blocks a shot this oh. year, I'll be disappointed.
0: That would be so great. Well, you are the one with all the connections now, so i am that's ah, in your hands. I don't know about that. I would like to see that happen. Okay, so because it is your birthday week, I thought I would surprise you with just asking you a whole bunch of questions and letting you just go on about oh boy, all of your opinions. Oh I know, but I wanted to focus it a little bit because I um, wanted to talk about some of the teams in the Western Conference because we haven't really spent a lot of time talking about a bunch of the other teams. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. for today, for the rest, of, I'm going to ask you some teams to kind of cover uh, some of these Western Conference opponents of the Trailblazers. So you ready? Yeah. Okay. So my first question is, who do you think is the most overrated player in the Western Conference?
1: Most overrated player in the Western Conference. Uh, That one's tough. I think at this point, uh, I want to say Chris Paul because I I think the the, the injuries are really Mm -hmm. starting to pile up on him. Don't get me wrong. I think his production is still phenomenal. Uh, The easy one is Carmelo, but I think people are just crapping on him so much that
0: it, well, my fantasy league did not rate him highly. Guess who drafted him? Nobody. Me, and he's a bench player.
1: There you go. I mean
0: if he Like bench bench. Like deep bench. <laughs> yeah. I mean like the oh yeah, you have three more players to draft. They're could, bench players. That
1: could be a value pick. And I know for some people want to talk about overrated. They talk of like like a Jokic or something like that. Um, but I, I think it's I think it's Chris Paul because of his age and the injuries. Um, when you when you can't get on the court for a quarter of the season anymore, um, I think it becomes problematic. And I, I think but that, do you
0: think people rate him that highly anymore?
1: Yeah, and, and and when him Harden and Capella were healthy last year, the Rockets were damn near unstoppable.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: So like his production is there, and this isn't like so much about overrating him because of his production. It's overrating him because of how many games he missed. Like he they, he. Mm-hmm. I just don't trust it. Like the, the other way that I would go here is is, is Carl Anthony Towns. And I oh. I, I think we, we all know why. Um <laughs> the, the, the raw the raw talent is there, but the kind of the cats out of the bag, the dump dump ch about how um You're so lame how those casual not a good that's not a good joke. I've got a brand up to maintain here, Tarot. I mean, <laughs> bad, bad jokes only. Um, You're so punny. Yeah, exactly. Uh but the lack of of work ethic, that we can actually kind of like talk about that, uh, with the amount of talent he has, um, I think people are. Well, are we about able to as...
0: talk about that just because uh, Jimmy Bucket said so? Yeah, because it, or... th- it was
1: one of those things that if like if you, it's to sound corny as hell, but if like if you are around the league a lot and you're talking to to, to people in the league, it wasn't like a, the the best kept secret in the world. Mm-hmm. Like that, Jimmy and Cat had this beef, and that it stemmed mm-hmm. from mostly cat being I don't want to say lazy but not as judicious in working out as um some people would like or expect him to be
0: well he's not like Jimmy and so yeah Yeah, I I don't know I don't
1: don't want to jump down the Jimmy rabbit hole because we don't have time for that one right now (laughs) (laughs) because that
0: okay so those are some of your most overrated players in the west how about underrated player
1: um Paul George is up on that because I think Oklahoma City was just a disarray last year with all the injuries. Um,
0: and Anthony not really fitting in very well. Yeah, and
1: that that carried the narrative, but Paul George still had a fantastic season. Um, then I want to go with one of the young guys, and I'm kind of torn here between Donovan Mitchell, who I think should be getting even more pub, because the the number, and I, and this, I know that my love for him is, you know
0: substantial were well, you in like everybody else it's not like <laughs> yeah but I, I, I mean I, you were early in on it but everybody else is in on it now yeah, too but it's I, not, I, I think people are
1: still looking at him like he was really good for a rookie when in reality he was really good for a star yeah like that that's I, I think he... he's
0: just really good and he's gonna yeah. be really good
1: and, and I think people should really get high up of that on that but I think the one especially for people in the Northwest Division Gary Harrison Denver I, I know a lot of people who are very, very well-respected in basketball who, if you offered them the chance between Gary Harris or CJ McCollum for a season, they would take Gary Harris in a split second and not even hesitate.
0: And so what is it about Gary Harris? Because Gary Harris also happens to be a member of Team Go-Go Find Jake.
1: Ooh, you did good then. I like this. So Gary Harris is a two-way guy. I mean, legitimately, for real, kind of two-way player. Um, can create off the bounce. He reminds me very, very much of West Matthews, uh, a more offensively oh. gifted West Matthews.
0: He's okay, better with the so ball. So more defense hands. than CJ, more offense than, than West Wes Matt. Yep. Uh huh.
1: So I mean, that that's that's a hell of a player. Like that's mm-hmm. th- that's a great great number three option. OK is number two, but fantastic if that's your number three guy. Mm hmm. Um, but yeah, those, okay. those are the two guys. And again, it's at the guard position. If if, if I was going to go for a number three in that category, it would be um, Steven Adams. And that's just because big guys like him don't get the credit they deserve for doing all of the dirty work night in and night out and for having easily the best accent in the NBA.
0: <laughs> There's a lot of good stuff to watch about Steven Adams. Yeah. I don't know. I feel like. I feel like he's a rated just about right. I mean, don't you, I mean because he is somebody who doesn't have the versatility of some of the newer centers, but everything that he does, he's very as good a, at. As a traditional big man, he does really, really, really well. Yeah, I
1: think when people talk about centers, in and the he West, does it without drama. They talk about Cousins, they talk about AD if you want to put him in there. They talk about um, Gobert, uh, Capella, and I think people just kind of forget about, um, Mm -hmm. Adams. And I think they kind of forget about about him right there. (laughs) No, I have the, the Lakers warriors replay going right now in the background. And I just watched Lance Stevenson do something really stupid. that made my brain skip like three beats.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Well, I have, I have a question about, um, him and his, uh, friends on the Laker bench coming up. Perfect. Um, Anything else you want to say about under and overrated players?
1: No, I, I think the West just has so many good players and the guys that are, that are, you know, overrated. I mean, I think they're overrated only slightly. It's kind of weird. Like mm-hmm. there's nobody where you're sitting there going, God, this guy is really, really overrated.
0: Hmm. Yeah. I can't, I can't wait to see uh, who the, the breakout star of the year is. That's you know? one of
1: my favorite things is, is the guy that comes out of nowhere. Or or builds on something really nice and goes
0: ballistic. Jake the Snake Layman. There you go. Okay. (laughs) All right. Next question. Uh, Which of these two teams finishes with the better record, the Suns or the Kings?
1: Oh, Suns. Just As bad as the Suns looked, you throw Devin Booker out there. He alone will win you probably 18 games. Mm Mm-hmm. Uh, Deandre, and, Aiden,
0: and the Kings will be lucky if they, if they went 18.
1: 20. Yeah. I mean, they're, <laughs> they're, 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 like, Hey, we're doing good record. That was on Vladdy's big board was 29 wins. So, uh-huh. um, the sun's raw talent alone between Booker and Aiden. It, listen, I got, I got up close and, and got to talk to Aiden. Um, when they came to town, that man is as big as David Robinson if not oh bigger, my God. <laughs> he wow. is an absolute truck. Like I had thrown that example out there without ever like getting to see him in person. Then I got to see uh-huh. him in person. And I was just, I, I couldn't stop.
0: You were like, I was like, right.
1: <laughs> I'm like, this guy is huge. I mean, just watching him go through warmups with the rest of the sons, like Tyson Chandler. I know people think of him as, as kind of scrawny, but Tyson's actually a really big dude. Like, broad shoulder who pretty... thinks
0: of Tyson Chandler as scrawny like, because, that he is not, in, because he how came not because he he came in
1: the league really skinny and mm. he just kind of okay. had that 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 kind of stuck with him
0: He's, like a million years ago
1: yeah but I mean he, like he made Tyson look small mm-hmm. like Aiden did and Aiden's as much as I've talked about how big Myers is Aiden is as big if not a little bit bigger than Myers mm-hmm. and Myers is wow probably one of the five biggest dudes in the league. Like Aiden, his physical profile matches up with like a, a Joel Embiid, who to mm. me is the most physically imposing guy in, in the league right now. Mm-hmm. And
0: also a member of Team Go Go, exactly.
1: Jake. So you see your team okay. your team's probably gonna be pretty good. But yeah, the, the between the Suns and the Kings, the Kings don't have a small forward on their roster. Like Buddy Heald's basically like their de facto small forward. But but to be fair, the Suns don't have a point guard yet. So, <laughs> Right. Um, but Devin Booker, DeAndre Ayton alone, those two guys should get them some wins. And, and don't be surprised when, when they upset a team because those, those two kids – like, DeAndre Ayton's my early pick for Rookie of the Year, and not because I think he's going to be better than Doncic, because I think Doncic's going to be phenomenal in the long run. But Ayton's counting stats, like, for him to average 20 and 10 is not out of the realm of possibilities. Like, mm-hmm. the, I realistically think he'll probably average, like, 18 and 11. And, and make it look relatively easy.
0: So if the Suns don't have a point guard and the Kings don't have a small forward, I don't know. It seems more detrimental Suns. to me to be without a point guard, but I guess with just – You've got Booker, um, though. Booker, Booker yeah. can just and he, basically he can be their de
1: facto. Do it enough? Yeah.
0: Okay. Well, I have another pair of teams, okay. and I want to know which is finishes Man- with, with the better. Is this Dallas? No, oh. this is Golden State or Houston.
1: <sighs> I'm gonna go with the Warriors this year. I think they want a little something to prove. Uh, I think Houston's gonna fall back a little bit. Um, the lack of depth and the lack of help at the forward positions. I mean, they they were throwing out a lineup where PJ Tucker was center. Good luck with that. They run that lineup out <laughs> against Portland. I'm gonna watch. I'm just there to laugh while Yusuf Nurkic just goes to work inside. And any other center in the league. Like, that, that whole five guys that are between six-foot and six-eight, six-nine, that, that, that works in college. That nonsense isn't going to work in the NBA for long stretches of time. I just, no. Um, it
0: worked for portions of games, but not as a whole game plan.
1: Yeah, you're, you're like, if that's, like, your 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 lineup of death, your death lineup, whatever the hell you want to call it, um, um, no. Because Carmelo's <laughs> not going to be a part of some death lineup. Get out of here with that nonsense. Yeah. Um, <laughs> You want to talk about a death lineup, that five-star lineup that the Warriors are going to run out when Bogie gets healthy. Steph, that... Clay, Draymond, KD, Bogie. That's the greatest non-all-star, non-dream team five in NBA history.
0: That's the most obvious statement I think I've ever heard on a pod on an NBA podcast. like
1: like that's that's such <laughs> an that's such an absurd lineup that it's it's disgusting. Like, like it, why are we
0: even talking about it? Yeah. <laughs> like, it want to Dignify it, it with discussing it.
1: <laughs> yeah. It's so just on that merit alone. Um, one, I hate the Rockets. I know that's not like an immeasurable. Like I just, I don't, I'll never trust that team as much as I love Daryl Morey. Like it's, it's, it's a, it's a collection of players that I hate and don't trust. <laughs> so, um, as We're much just- as I just, dis- as much as I dislike the Warriors, um, they, they have two of the best players this game's ever seen, whereas the Rockets have two players who I just can't stand. Um, <laughs> yeah, any, I feel like you're get, not
0: alone in this. Yeah. People really are vehement about their dislike of Houston. I yeah. don't know. I think it's kind of fun when a team tries something new, and I always kind of i i appreciate the um, they're fun to watch. I still hate innovation. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> fair. That's fair. Okay, I got another another topic. Got. Okay, so going into the season, where do you rate the MUD lineup against other Western Conference team benches? Oh, the God. MUD lineup, of course, yeah, is... Lakers, yeah. yeah, what does that stand for?
1: Misunderstood, Misunderstood underappreciated,
0: un- and, and something else. Something like that. Yeah. yeah. Okay, and this okay, is okay. the name that LeBron gave his um, very colorful collection of um, players can, who were going to be coming off the bench.
1: When I saw that, all I could think of was uh, Les Claypool. My name is Mud. Like that, That's the, the <laughs> that's the only thing that popped in when he said that. I was like, oh, God. It, 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 that you've boiled this crappy Lakers lineup down to a primus <laughs> song. Well done, LeBron. <laughs> well done.
0: So but getting back to the question, which is basically how talk about some of the bench, uh, the bench units in, in the West, who do you think, um, you know, is who has the be- who has the deepest bench and who's really going to suffer?
1: I mean, bench wise, it's a little bit weird around the NBA right now because a lot of these teams are just so front loaded. Um, I, it's i I'd probably say the Jazz probably are the, are the like deepest team up and down just because of the way they can move things around. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, man. Is
0: that because you feel like they have a lot of flexibility night in and night out? I mean, do you think they have a, like, a really solid starting five and then the other ones can be shifted in yeah, and you out can, you for, can move in a, a lot variety of different ways?
1: You've got guys like Alec Burks, Dante Exum. You've got Tabo, you've got Royce O'Neill, you've got Grayson Allen, um, Udo, Jay Crowder. Like, there's just a lot of guys that they can put out there that are good, they solid. Kind of different. They just give you kind of different looks, but they all give you something. Like mm-hmm. Grayson Allen, as much as I hate Duke players, has looked pretty good in the preseason, with, ex- with the exception of getting his brains crossed over by Nick Stauskas. Um, That was the
0: best. That was absolutely hilarious. That was the best. I need a GIF. I don't have a GIF GIF of that. I need a GIF of that. I
1: can can make that happen. Um, Thank you. You're the best. That's that's definitely not a problem. Um, You know who's kind of a dark horse contender here is um, Oklahoma City. As much as I Mm -hmm. hate Felton, once he got his ass back in shape, he's turned into a significantly solid backup point guard. Well, now they have Schroeder? Yeah, you've got Nerlens-Noel on his kind of like make-or-break tour. Uh, Diallo has looked good for them so far. Um, You've got Abrinas. You've got Jeremy Grant. Schroeder. It remains to be seen what Terrence Ferguson's going to be. So that's – I don't know if it's the best, but it's intriguing. I think there's a lot of really intriguing backup units in the league. Um, the one that's probably most prone to blow up from the inside, this may surprise some people for me is Denver. And that's hmm. purely because yeah. of Isaiah Thomas.
0: Really? Yeah. This, one person. Yeah. Because
1: I mean, if you listen to some things that come out of the camp, like you better not give me the ball in late game moments. Cause I'm going to take that shot. Like when he mm. said that, I was like, Oh yeah. That seems like
0: a weird thing to say. Yeah. No,
1: this <laughs> this is going to go well.
0: So yeah, and it sounds it seems like they have a lot of talent, but they're not the strongest. I mean, maybe they are the, but the they haven't been portrayed in the media as the most uh, tough, ment- like maybe mentally tough Who, or like at least united. Yeah, well, I mean like you,
1: united teams. It depends on what they're going to do with Will. Like, does Will start or does Will come off the bench? Will Barton? Yeah. Like that's, I think that's a determining factor. Like if he, if he comes off the bench with Isaiah Thomas and they start like Torrey Craig or Trey Lyles, then you start, I think getting some mix and match pieces, I think can be a lot of fun. You get, you got Malik Beasley, you've got Hernan Gomez. I mean, that's, that's, that's a potential bench team. That's pretty good. I'm trying to click through and go through all the other ones here. Um, The Lakers though, kind of going back to the, the, that lineup, I just laugh. Like, I don't <laughs> trust Michael Beasley. I don't trust Lance Stevenson. Rondo's actually turned into like the mature, wise old sage. Like, he's not as mm-hmm. crazy as people think he is, but he's still crazy. Like, L- 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 Rondo is a basketball savant. And anytime mm-hmm. you're like at that level of basketball IQ, you're going to be a little nuts. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, they, they all are. Um, There's going
0: to be a little edge to you. Yeah.
1: <laughs> but like, I, Javel's good for some Shaq and a Fool episodes. Um,
0: Javale is he, but he's a solid. He's, he's a solid player. He's a solid player. Yeah, of all of all everybody the crazy just people makes on that fun team, of him all the time. I'm on the. Everybody, stop making fun of Javale bandwagon.
1: Listen, of all the crazy people on that team, he's the one I probably trust the most. He's pretty smart. Yeah, no, I mean he just like, does some like random things that just. Are terribly awful on the court, like it's.
0: And who amongst us haven't?
1: Yeah, no, um, but but Lance, yeah, Lance for a myriad of reasons on the court, plus the ones off the court. Um, and he then, seems to
0: be getting up to a lot of shenanigans. Yeah,
1: I mean, don't don't Google without you know going back a few years and seeing the rottenness there. So we want we don't even talk, need to touch on that. Um, but the. The, I think the interesting thing is going to be what Luke Walton decides to do at, at the starting point guard position. Is it Lonzo or is it Rondo? Mm-hmm. Um, and then think, who's
0: going to lead the bench? Exactly. I mean, I, I, I mean, I don't know. It seems to me like Lon, Oh, I was going to say, was, Lonzo makes the sense so that Rondo can um you know manage the the bench but then i realized it's not like portland where there's a lot of young players who you know would flourish under the hand of a strong guide Yeah, no, (laughs) it's it's, a
1: completely different it's a bunch of basket uh, cases set of people (laughs) yeah so and that's what i mean like it's just i look at that lineup and i'm just like
0: yeah, so you're Man. not ranking the mud lineup very yeah, high. <laughs> no, no, and honestly like, – You like the Jazz.
1: Yeah, I, I look at that roster, and I, I know I've been high on the Jazz here for, for a while now, but I look at that roster, in top to bottom, there aren't many – it's probably Golden State, Boston, maybe Philly, that I would pick over that Utah roster in the league just for like what it is now and what it could be. So, yeah, mm-hmm. I, I, I like I like what 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 Utah has on the on the back end for sure.
0: OK, uh, how are we doing for time? We uh, got time for a few more. Yeah, we got time for a few more. We're actually we're OK, we're pretty, doing pretty good right now. Oh, okay, good. Okay, so this is going to be a role-playing activity. Oh, okay. Um, For this one, I am the owner of a franchise, and you are a hired consultant who's been brought in to tell me what I need to do to bring my franchise, uh, to help my franchise improve. Okay? Okay. Okay. So let's start with, first of all, I'm the owner of the Memphis Grizzlies, and I'm calling you as a consultant. What do I need to do to make my franchise relevant?
1: Uh, Right now, you're doing everything the right way. You are drafting a young big. You are keeping a fantastic image around him, a culture of growth and learning while also building towards something in the future. You can't do anything right now because you've got that god-awful Chandler Parsons contract. Ride that thing out. Wait and see if you can get a few years out of Mark Gasol to teach your young big man, Jaron Jackson. Then see if you can trade him off, along with Mike Conley, if they want to. Off to a contender where you can get something of value back for them and to help hasten your rebuild process. Otherwise, ride this year, see what happens. A healthy Mike Conley, a healthy Mark Gasol, and a healthy Chandler Parsons, plus Jaron Jackson, is probably enough to get you an eight seed if San Antonio falls out. do we
0: we continue on with our grit and grind identity do we try to get that back or do we turn ourselves into something else
1: i think you stick with that because that there's always a place for those guys in the league and you can always find one of those guys cheaper than is to build around supreme superstar talent players jaron jackson is a is a is a franchise changing big if he is actualized on both ends of the floor. He has the potential to be a grit and grind defender who is fantastic on the defensive end and a way above average near star level on the offensive end if he can put it all together. So continue on the path you're on. Have Jackson learn from one of the best two-way bigs of this last generation in Marc Gasol under the leadership manage- management of Gasol and Mike Conley and continue to build in the image of the grit and grind
0: okay well sounds like I'm doing pretty good as the owner of the Memphis Grizzlies honestly
1: Jaron Jackson was the the best possible situation that could have fell in their lap in my opinion
0: awesome well I wish them well except for when they play against the Trailblazers okay next one I am the (laughs) I am Steve Ballmer And I have hired you as uh, a consultant to come in and tell me what I need to do to improve the Clippers.
1: Well, strangely enough, the Clippers are also doing it by loading up as many contracts as they can to expire next year and having as much salary cap space as possible. Um, moving on and taking on the contract for a guy like Martin gortat whose deal expires. Basically, everyone's deals expires this year. I think they're going to have room for two yeah. max spots. So, the, the, and the, who
0: are the people that I go for with those?
1: I mean, everyone's available. It's that 2019 class is going to have. Yeah. There's
0: like 263 or something. What are my top five?
1: Oh, I got to pull it up.
0: I, I go for that I have a reasonable shot as the Clippers to, uh, convince that they want to be a part of it.
1: So if you're going to go for the cream of the crop, that would be Kyrie. That'd be clay. That'd be KD. So none of
0: them are going, well, Kyrie and clay aren't going anywhere. Hmm.
1: I'm not entirely sure They've about that. They've
0: said yet. they're not going you, you, anywhere. Yeah, and
1: this is why I always say you never, <laughs> you never make those declarations because they, they come back to bite you. Um, there's after that it falls off pretty hard, and then you also have you have uh, Kawhi. Um, Kawhi is if Kawhi wants to play in L.A. and away from LeBron, that's the way to go. If they can go and pick up Kawhi. And then what they really need to do is they need to add they need they need a a shooter. Um, I think uh, Shea Gildas Alexander is a fantastic athlete. I think he could be very much in the mold of Sean Livingston um, pre-injury, when Sean Livingston was still special athletically. Um, I've got to watch Shea kind of grow up in front of me um, from when he was a junior to you know going to to going to Kentucky now in the NBA. I uh, really liked the trajectory of his career path. Um, whether or not they can keep and renew Tobias Harris at a fair market rate without having to overpay, I think would be huge because, because if you can get Kawhi, you can keep Tobias, you have uh Shea on a rookie deal and you can add one more free agent at a good price. And this is where it gets iffy, you know. A guy like Chris Middleton, how much is he going to cost at twenty eight years old, and how much do you want to invest in him? Because after that, you're looking at guys like Marcus Sewell, you're looking at Isaiah Thomas, Goran Dragic, DeAndre Jordan, Paul Millsap. These are guys that are all older. Uh, you'll what? have Dinwiddie, Tyreek, a, a bunch of guys that'll fill in, but they aren't that guy. And unless you're convinced that Shea is going to be this like a superstar, then maybe it's best to just spend the money and get a kind of a placeholder.
0: But what do we, as the Clippers, say that our identity is moving forward? Like we have, like if a free Hell, what's the agent Clippers shows identity up now,
1: I mean that's, that's the thing. It's like
0: the, I don't know. I'm asking you. You're the you're the expensive consultant that I'm paying to come in and tell me Steve Ballmore, Ballmer Balmer what I identity think that's pitch he try to sell to the um that's the pitch to, the to those guys. Agents.
1: that's it right there. What is our identity? You, you are our identity, because if you're looking at KD. Who could be? Who is looking for a redemption story? You look for Kawhi, who wants to be featured and be in a big time market. I mean, like th- these are the opportunities those guys are rumored to be looking at. So, like, that, I think that's that's a, that's what you preach: is that mm-hmm. you can remake this franchise in your image, and we've got a couple of nice complimentary pieces around you, and the money to make this happen to bring in somebody else. So, if you get KD, or if you get Kawhi. And you're like, hey, bring the super friends. Bring bring one other friend. We've got a few pieces around you, and we've got some money coming off the books that we can maybe make, you know, kind of do what they did with Chris Paul, Blake Griffin, DeAndre Jordan team, and that find if they get Shay, if he turns into a star, now they've got a star on the cheap. Now they can add that fourth or fifth guy where they couldn't before because of how much money they had committed to Chris Paul, Blake Griffin, and DeAndre Jordan.
0: Okay, we have one more team. I am Mark Cuban. What do I need to do?
1: You're, you're, you're making to... this really easy for me.
0: <laughs> but uh, I also, Mark Cuban, have been in the news for a lot of you know a lot Unsavory of non-basketball things. related yep. reasons. So what do we do for our franchise is just winning going to be all that we need to do. And are we going to be able to do enough winning next year for everybody to, you know, be like Dallas is back They're They're in the mix.
1: No, there's some off the court things, obviously with the way that was the, as far as the, the harassment the sexual harassment within the workplace. Like that stuff obviously needs to be handled. The NBA has instituted a bunch of oversight rules. Um, there's a lot that, that needs to be fixed there. Um, I don't think. I think it's honestly it's better if Dallas just kind of does that stuff in the dark. I I don't think drawing attention to it is a good thing, um, as far as like what efforts that they're doing. I think he's just one of those things where like you you deal with it, but you deal with it in in a way that's I don't know. I don't want to say private, but you just handle business. Uh, you take the things. That, that, that were, were bad or rotten or wrong. And you lay out the steps, which the NBA has done, that they need to do to, to make those things better going forward. And you just do them. I don't, I don't think they need to continue to address it over and over and over again. I think they just need to show that they've learned from their mistakes, that they put the right people in the right positions of power to make sure this, these kind of things never happen again. And they continue to monitor it and follow in line and, and, and um, do what's necessary to make sure that stuff doesn't happen again, I think that's the, as far as the off the court stuff. That's how they handle that. Um,
0: this is Tara, and not Mark Cuban interjecting. <laughs> who's the um, Who's the the GM of Dallas right now?
1: Don Nelson or Donnie Nelson? Yeah,
0: Don Nelson. Okay.
1: Yep. Um, but if, if you if you want if you if you haven't or anybody else who's listening, like the NBA laid out the what what Dallas Mavericks and Mark Cuban and the business side uh, for the Mavericks need to do in order to basically continue operating without anybody getting in a ton more trouble. Um,
0: I think Cuba needs to one hundred percent step away from the basketball side and focus on the Business front side, office side, which yeah. he which he paid no attention to and turned into a mess and and then turn the basketball side over to Nelly and say, You are in charge of this. I have to focus everything else over here. So basketball wise, yeah, I, I don't you I feel don't, like Dallas is on the right path too.
1: Oh yeah, basketball wise, I absolutely feel like they're on the right path. I love Dennis Smith Jr. Uh, it was earlier we were talking about Luka Doncic. Um, I think those are two fantastic building blocks. Um, they're they're taking their chances with a, with an Onta <laughs> de They uh, they, no, have, yeah. they have they have Costas Onta Um Beyond that, you know, they they finally got their guy in DeAndre Jordan. It was a little late, but um, building blocks wise, Dennis Smith Jr. Do you think Doncic, it's too late for DeAndre? Yeah, it is now. He I mean, he's what 30, 30 years old. I mean. Uh, this team, it may not be a playoff team, but they're gonna they're gonna give teams hell. Like the, the starting lineup of Dennis Smith Jr., Wes Matthews, Luka Doncic, Harrison Barnes, and DeAndre Jordan is not an easy lineup to deal with. It's a very very athletic, explosive lineup. Dirk's gonna come off the bench. Like that's crazy to think about. Like Dirk's been in the league for twenty years, but this is Dirk's you know kind of like farewell tour. Um, it looks like at least he's going to play. This, this I
0: know. I wish he would year. come out and and say whether or not. I mean, I guess he doesn't. He can do whatever he wants to do. But I love the farewell tour. I think people. I want to do like the that. showering these guys with gifts. Yeah,
1: with with gifts, right?
0: Yeah, not gifts. Gifts. <laughs> you know, but, but the rocking chair exactly. and the vacation to Hawaii and all the things that all the teams give out. Like they used to do in the old days when people used to have retirement tours.
1: Yeah, no, I I have no problem with that. So um, I I look at what okay. it's it's weird because the teams you brought up here these are these are all teams like I wanted to have like a hot take but like I think these these teams are actually doing the right things and, and on are on the right path to like bringing their teams back to relevance.
0: And speaking, so who of, do you of, think of needs Lance's the doing, most
1: advice? Who needs the most advice right now in the Western Conference? Yeah, the Kings.
0: I mean, the, K- the Kings. But Kings they be are easily.
1: To? Yeah, the Kings are easily in the worst possible place, and I for- I forgot that this happened. We were talking about Lance earlier. Lance got himself tossed out of a preseason game for throwing a punch. Like that. That's that's just.
0: That's oh, the and that you have was the altercation to. which Steph Curry left the bench. Yes. Which he's not going not to, to have to for. miss.
1: Yeah, yeah. You know the same thing that happened. Because it wasn't McCullough.
0: actually an altercation.
1: Even though a punch was thrown.
0: That's that was just It
1: wasn't an altercation. That was perfect, a punch actually. was thrown and a player was ejected, but there wasn't an altercation.
0: That's just actually like I think Portland couldn't have asked for a better situation because Portland thrives we all know this Portland thrives on being slighted and yeah. they thrive on overcoming these little slights like the, you always got to have something about. to overcome yeah and it nobody takes these things more to heart and gets more worked up about it than Portland so if uh, Steph Curry gets to play the first game of the season in virtually the same situation that CJ was it's prevented, it's a season from opener 20. against the Thunder. There's
1: no way the NBA is going to let that happen.
0: Yeah, that's, I mean
1: that, that's just the reality of that. I mean, last year was—you know, I, I don't disagree, but I mean, last <laughs> year it was Blazers Suns. Like nobody, <laughs> that's nobody true. outside the Phoenix and Portland markets were watching that game. So. No,
0: but it's the principle. No, no,
1: I, I don't disagree. <laughs> yeah, I there's this principle versus reality, and the reality is they aren't going to do anything to the golden child.
0: But the great thing is, is even if Portland didn't need CJ, it's still something that they can get like really worked up about.
1: Which is perfect. I mean, it, it plays. Know. Right into the, into That's the what Bill I'm Simmons saying, went on the mom fire.
0: <laughs> what was that about the soccer mom mentality? It, it plays right into it. Yes. Got Soccer it. moms are a beautiful and powerful force hey, of nature, I, I, which we I,
1: I, should I, I, I hate to dignify start. it, but we, I have to mention this one. Bill Simmons' ultimate troll of Portland continues. It's been going on for like 10 years. But on the latest podcast, he threw out, again, trading the Lakers because he likes to watch the world burn. But he was so transparent with the trade idea. He was like, why not KCP and Lonzo Ball for Damian Lillard? Like that was like that was Bill Simmons just heaving a flaming ball of dog poo at at, at the Blazers fans front door. Just just like <laughs>
0: That's like. basically what walking through the <laughs> venue at Summer League was like. Like if you had a Portland jersey on it, like everybody from the Lakers was walking up to you going, Hey, what do you want to trade for Damien?
1: Yeah. It's like, oh my god, folks. First of all, it's not happening. Second of all, if it did, it was gonna, it's going to cost you literally the entire young core. But this—that's that, mm-hmm. just Bill knowing his audience very well and knowing precisely how to work Portland fans
0: up. Well, I am not his audience, so he did not <laughs> even get me worked up at all because I do not listen okay, to him. Okay, I've been him. talking
1: plenty, so you're gonna you're gonna do it, Tara. You're gonna do it. Who wins? Thursday what am I gonna night?
0: do? <laughs> the Blazers. You oh, you did it. I, I made a decision. I know we' I was prevaricating very uh, a lot on this before we hopped on. but I just I've been feeling increasingly like all these I don't I don't know if I'm just like buying into it or whatever, but having seen what I saw in the preseason and then thinking about what the Lakers actually look like right now, They don't look like the LeBron, you know, the teams that LeBron is dragging into the finals. It takes Mm -hmm. a while for a team to get that good. (laughs) And, you know, we're going to ride that whole narrative that LeBron teams start off slow. And I'm just going to say there's just going to be so much adrenaline in the building that um, they're just going to annihilate them.
1: Okay. I like it. I I, I mean, it's the same boat that I'm sitting in. So um, I'm not going to. I'm going to knock you for that one. One other question here. It, was it
0: feels question. weird, though, because I. You never did. it. I know. am such a warrior. I know. Hey, hey, so just, like, just pick it and roll it. That's my brave face take on this whole thing. I, I'd love inside. to see you I'm in like, Vegas oh, at the God. tables.
1: That's what I want to see. I want to see you gambling in Vegas. See, how does that go? <laughs> I don't know. Just, don't want I to can't oh. pick. Um, speaking of pick, <laughs> so this is a discussion Joe Simons and I had. Um, he he doesn't seem to think it's possible, and I ended up writing about it this weekend. Do you think Yusuf Nurkic can get or will get one three attempt per game up on average this year?
0: Well, I think I, I think he could, will, he? Um, but I think it depends on his early season success. I think as soon as Fair. it stops falling, then he stops doing it. So I think if, you know, for the, through the first 10 games, if he makes five on, you know, one or two attempts a game, I think he keeps it up. But uh, if it, if it just doesn't fall, I think he, I think he walks away and pretty wisely. Cause I don't want him thinking about too many different things. I want him thinking about doing the things that he does well, doing them well and not, now that the season has started trying to add something. So I think he tries it for a while, and if he sees early success, then um, it will continue.
1: Okay, fair enough. Joe and I are still trying to work on what, what the bet is going to encompass, but I, I think he's going to get right around one a game up.
0: You think he's going to average right around one? Yeah,
1: one to one and a half. I think that's mm-hmm. that's a pretty likely scenario. Attempts,
0: right? Yeah, or... attempts. Okay.
1: And realistically, I, I I don't expect him to make more than 35%, but – I'd rather have him taking that shot than the, like, why are you right. blanking blankety blank from mid-range yeah.
0: <laughs> when you could literally just take, take two m- steps back.
1: one step. Yeah. I mean, even one step back, because the v- majority of his mid-range shots last year came between 20 and 24 feet.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And that it's, that's, that's enough to make me want to put my face through plate glass. Like, dude, <laughs> stop, stop doing that. Take the step back. Or instead of rolling two or three steps, roll two steps. You know, just... Yeah. Just slight little tweaks. Like uh, this isn't. Like, I'm not asking him to become Myers Leonard or Marc Gasol. Like uh, that's mm-hmm. that's not what this is. This is not a new part to his game. This is a wrinkle. That that's that's all it is.
0: Yeah, I'm okay with it as long as it doesn't distract or pull away from something else that is more successful. You know, just like I don't want him to dunk just for the sake of dunking. I want him to put the ball in the basket the way that he most efficiently puts the ball in the basket, which happens to be a layup. And um, he's been doing a lot. I think that he's been doing a lot less of those little flippy jobs up where he's just kind of like throws it up. I feel like he's um, taking more um, deliberate. He's making wiser choices with how he's taking his shots. Um, so yeah, I'm, I'm okay with threes cause it was fun to watch people like race out to the line to try to guard him when he's taking a three. I mean, that's really hard when you're like, you know, a six, two guard and you're, and you're trying to rush out to the, um, three point line to jump in and stop, a um, <laughs> stop a big who's shooting it from seven feet tall. That's kind of fun to watch, but it's all fun know. to
1: watch. I'm just thankful that basketball's here. I know.
0: Okay, i got one last uh, Western Conference. All I right. want to know the, your list in order of teams that are going to make the playoffs.
1: Okay, so I'll reiterate again that I have a bet going with Chad doing where I have the Blazers getting the under on 41.5 wins. I'm really regretting that right now because San Antonio is going to suck something awful without the, basically their entire backcourt this season. Mm-hmm. Um the, the the Spurs are going to stumble into a number one overall pick again somehow, some way, and Pop is going to be rejuvenated by landing like Zion. And I'm just going. The hate
0: Spurs him. are gonna are gonna say just, that are gonna get into oh number one pick. Yeah, I thought you pick. meant in number one place. I was no, like, where no, are you? What? No,
1: no, 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 no. <laughs> they're, they're gonna okay. tank, they're gonna do their their once every twenty five years. They tank for one year and get a generational a, superstar. Get the number one pick. Yeah, yeah. Um, but that that's one team that's going to fall out, I believe. Um, what happens with Jimmy in okay. Minnesota is going to make things difficult. So uh, I'm going Golden State 1, going Houston 2, Utah 3. This is where I get a little weird. Um, I'm going OKC 4. and I know that maybe catch some people off guard, but... I think they're going to be a lot better this year. People really, really, really underestimate Andre Roberson and the impact for that team. Um, Then I'm going Lakers 5, Pelicans 6. With the injuries to the Spurs and the Timberwolves being iffy, I'm going to go Denver 7, Portland 8. So I'm going to have the Blazers making the playoffs as the eighth seed. I'm gonna have the Spurs out, so it's gonna be uh, it's gonna be slightly interesting to say
0: the least. Okay, do you want to um, say where you just were? <laughs> I just got you back.
1: Oh, did you, you welcome back to the conversation? Shout out to to Skype. Um, oh, yeah. <laughs> no, no, I'll, reiter- I'll reiterate. We don't, we don't even need to do the hard edit because it'll be simple. It'll be Houston, Golden State, Utah, OKC. Um, who did I have after OKC? Oh, the Lakers. Um, whoa. Yeah, I've, I've got the Lakers falling at number five. I think they're whoa, even though they're going to be crappy in a sense. Uh, LeBron's worth forty wins, so um, I've got them five. um and then I've got the Pelicans, then the Nuggets, and the Blazers at six, seven, eight.
0: Okay. So I have the Spurs yeah. and the
1: Timberwolves both falling out.
0: Okay. So I actually thought of this one in advance, and we're really similar except for a couple major differences. Okay. So I have Golden State, Houston, mm-hmm. Utah. Mm-hmm. OKC. Okay, okay. Then I have Portland. That's where I'm talking about. That was where all the optimism came that's, in. That's
1: a lot of optimism. But here's I the know. thing. With, with the way the injuries are shaking out in San Antonio, that's crazy. Minnesota's
0: a basket case. Um, I just rolled my eyes so hard because of injury, which I will do all year. A, lose, I get it. Losing your starting
1: point guard for the season
0: yeah, is, no, I get it.
1: It's a big deal. <laughs>
0: I get it, but I just don't want to have another season where every time Portland wins a game or gets some achievement, everyone says, oh, it's because the other team was injured. Yeah, uh,
1: I I don't think that we'll have to worry about that because the chances that they run into that much luck again is pretty slim to none. Um, okay, but keep keep going. You've got Portland 5. Okay,
0: so Portland 5, and then I have the Pelicans. Okay. And then I have Denver. Okay. And then I have San Antonio. So and I don't have the Lakers in. You so do have, the, have Lakers the Lakers out and San Antonio's in. Ooh, wow! Wow!
1: Wow! That's my best Owen Wilson. Just, That's all I get. The Lakers missing the playoffs. That's bold. When was the last time LeBron I, missed the playoffs?
0: I don't know. Ten years ago. <laughs> but yeah, it's, I mean, I don't think LeBron is going to like quit basketball if he doesn't make the playoffs. He's like, he knew what he was getting he might. into. He won't quit basketball if he doesn't. He knew Lebron know Lebron is taking the long game on this one.
1: I mean, I'm, I can I'm see maybe the Lakers making it instead
0: of San Antonio, but I, I, I think the Lakers will. Um, I don't have the Lakers as high as you do.
1: Uh, the, I'm more. I, the, the, okay, that, that's probably the most surprising to me. The, the second most surprising thing is that you actually had OKC as at four two. Yeah. I, I didn't think, I think you would buy think, into that.
0: No, I think that the with uh, Paul George staying, I think that those guys are happy there. I think that the people who are playing there are happy there, and I think that not having the confusion of trying to make Carmelo Anthony work will help them out a lot, and I think... I don't think that they're going to like be a great team, but I think they have a lot going for them with, um, Russell Westbrook and Paul George right now. And I think they have guys, they have continuity. Um, and I just think that they have happy people who are content with where they are. And that's going to go a long way. I mean, Why do you have them up there? Okay. See? Yeah. Uh. Just, I mean, if you're surprised just, I have him up there, why? Why are you? I know you're. I know
1: you're, you're, you're. feeling towards Westbrook. <laughs>
0: uh, look, What's my feeling towards Westbrook? We've talked about it before. How he's just volatile and. Well, yeah. When not, every time he play, play, plays the Blazers, he falls completely well, he's apart. A complete basket. But case. I think I think who he is is who he is, and everybody who plays with him is fine with who he is. Like, he and Steven Adams are a great combination. Yeah, they are.
1: They're, they're, Steven, and, like, it couldn't work any better for Russell Westbrook. I mean, Steven Adams allows him to get those triple-doubles by just boxing out, like, entire lineups. I mean, it's it's kind of hilarious. But I mean, it, I
0: think I think Russ Westbrook, kind of like James Harden, is one of those people that has this really uh, distinct personality on the court. Um, and, you know, he, like... He, <laughs> He has to have the ball all the time, and he mm-hmm. has to get all the statistics and everything. But the people who are playing around him, like, are fine with it. At least they seem like they are. Yeah, no, it's
1: uh, it's going to be interesting, I think, to say the least. Um, the The lack of mellow, the focus on it being the PG and Russ show. Andre Roberson mm-hmm. back healthy, uh, a decent bench. I, I think, honestly, that the biggest inhibitor to them is. This may sound mean, but it's their coach. I, I, I really don't rate Billy Donovan. I just... Mm-hmm. I really I, the last two coaches that have been in OKC, Scott Brooks and Billy Donovan, are probably two of my least liked coaches in the NBA. They're like, so
0: interchangeable. Yeah, <laughs> I can't like tell them
1: apart. Yeah, really. Like, what what is their style? What is their offense? Like, what is what is their their mindset, mentality? Like, you, you, even like bad coaches around the league, you at least know what they are. Like Jason Kidd ran a, a rudimentary <laughs> old system, but you knew what it was. Like, you knew what the mentality of the team was, and it was tired, broken, and all that stuff. Like. When you look at OKC and you look at Billy Donovan look at Scott Brooks, you just go, "What the hell is this?" So I think that's that's the the real inhibitor. That and will Russ's knee be okay? Because we know he may miss time to start the season here. Um, is PG going to be made healthy? Is Roberson going to remain healthy? I mean, that's that's always something. But I think that looks a little bit stronger in the in in my mind as far as when that team's considered. But the, yes. having having San Antonio in with all of the backcourt injuries that, that one's surprising to me.
0: Yeah. That might not have been the smartest one, but, um, Hey, you have between now. I and, just, I what, feel Tuesday like DeMar DeRozan is a really good player.
1: Fantastic. Him and LaMarcus are, 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 that, that, that is going to be a very, very, very difficult pick and roll to deal with. Mm-hmm. Like they can both attack. They can both drive. They can both post you up. Like if you get caught mm-hmm. on a switch though, they can, they can both do things to you that, a lot of big pick and roll guys can't. So uh, I, I mean, I think it's going to be, it's still a, an interesting team, but defensively you have to wonder if Patty Mills is going to be getting 35 minutes a night now. Um, and even Patty's nicked up.
0: <laughs> yeah. Uh, so I was talking to some people tonight about Patty Mills because, you know, as one after another, the San Antonio um, players, have been going down and everyone's like, oh no, who's San Antonio gonna have for a point guard? And I'm like, Patty Mills is there. Like, why aren't they talking about having Patty Mills be their point guard? Is it because he prefers to come off the bench? Uh
1: I think as a starting point guard he's obviously lesser and, and he's getting older. Like Patty's Patty's getting up there as far as like point guard years. So
0: No Patty's always like twenty two. Yeah I know he does always look
1: twenty two <laughs> a little a little ewok looking guy but uh He'll always remember him yeah, I mean, I, I love Pat Stacks. It's just, mm-hmm. just a great dude. Um, so yeah. did you
0: notice though? In my seating, I had OKC four and Portland five. Yeah, so no, I, I, I heard had that the meeting in the first round and Portland winning.
1: So that's how Portland's going to get to the second round. It's is is getting the matchup that causes OKC. the the most meltdowns for Russell Westbrook, mm-hmm. and then. Avoiding yep. the Pelicans, Warriors, and Rockets. I think that's pretty smart. Yep.
0: Okay, okay. I do think, think these things. Who do you have? You have them coming in. You had them. Let's see: the Lakers, the Pelicans, and then Portland, and then Denver, or you had Denver and then Portland.
1: It depends on what what day it is. Yeah, I, I think it's. I think those 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 final three spots. I think are interchangeable. Really, the final four are interchangeable for me. At this point, mm-hmm. um, it's going to come down to health. That's I mean, you, you can say that about any year, but I think that the, the top three are pretty much set. I'm pretty certain about the top four and then mm-hmm. probably top five. But the but the 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 final three spots. Absolutely. They are a coin toss every single time I just sit there and look at it and go. Hey, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs>
0: But we both have Portland in the playoffs, and I honestly wasn't sure about that earlier. Like two, like I was saying, two months ago, I, I, no, wasn't, I wasn't
1: sure a couple of weeks sure. ago up until the Jimmy Butler thing. I was like, well, that pretty much opens up a spot. Um, yeah. Because even if Jimmy does stay and even if they do figure that out, have... they're going to want to kill each other in that locker room, and it will yeah, transpire but... out on the floor. It will impact how they play.
0: Okay, but I've watched a lot of really cheesy tele made-for-TV movies, <laughs> and you know what happens in this scenario? In this scenario, they all they come together and start the off against each other, and then they come together, and then they overcome something, and then they like win the championship. Yeah, no, like that,
1: that, I this isn't a lifetime movie. Some somebody's life will end before I don't that.
0: Watch happens. lifetime movie, Dan. Those are those are sad. Yeah, I watch Hallmark movies oh, okay. and like after-school yeah. specials. Um, okay, that's all right. But yeah, we'll go then, over that in another podcast.
1: And then I don't believe in the Spurs backcourt uh, losing. Yeah. losing your your rookie draft pick and Lonnie Walker and Deontay Murray for the season. That's that's pretty brutal.
0: Yeah, so I I might I might move the Lakers up and San Antonio out, but I'm not moving the Lakers up to the fifth. All right. Okay, I have one one more basketball related question. Okay, hit me. What team in the West, because we're talking about the West, mm-hmm. do you think is going to play the most unique style of basketball? Do you think that there's any something that people are going to start doing and we're just going to go, what? Or somebody's going to take something farther than we've ever seen it go before? Like, is Houston going to, like, not make any mid-range shots? <laughs> I mean, they, Melo, had, I they had a
1: game last year where they, where they only took two. So I think they're they they're do. at they are yeah they're already at that edge like they they really mm-hmm. can't do this. If you wanted to look for something further, it was something that I talked about earlier with the Rockets, them going with like the five guard lineup, like where PJ Tucker mm-hmm. is like a guard forward at the center position. Um, mm-hmm. But as far as like the unique, um, I think the, and that's not to fanboy up, I just really like what they do there, um, what the Jazz have done. They still play traditional, but with good analytics balance with Derek favors and Rudy Gobert and such. Um, but the way they work for each other to get shots, to generate shots, to off cuts, off back screens, the motion that they run with, I think that it's, it's a little bit reminiscent of an older style, but it's, it's kind of
0: pizzazzed up these days.
1: Yeah. But it's also pizzazzed up to kind of match the, the, the three or dunk layup offense. Um, and I think what, 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 Quinn Snyder has done is, has been phenomenal. Like other than Brad Stevens, um, I think Quinn Snyder is probably the most inventive coach in the league right now. And I, I just really enjoy watching their brand of basketball. And it's not just Donovan Mitchell. Like I've been watching this team for the last couple of years under Quinn Snyder. And I mean, you've heard me sing Joe Ingalls's praises for what, four years.
0: <laughs> mm-hmm.
1: Like he's just the guy that I really like. Um, and a lot of that has come from what Quinn Snyder has really built there. Uh, so, like if I'm if, if I have a league pass team to go back and watch, just for like the, the not, not even the basketball talent, but like the brand and the style and like the, the uniqueness and the sets and the things that they do, I ultimately end up falling back on the Utah Jazz.
0: What about Denver and Jokic? That's that's
1: pretty high up there too because he. Like how we, would
0: you explain, how, describe how Sabonis. they run their
1: offense? It's Sabonis. That, like, if you were to think of like, if you were to the give. center's the playmaker? Yeah. If you were to give Jokic supreme athleticism at his size, you have what Arvidas Sabonis was before he had all his injuries.
0: Yeah, seven and, and seven I mean,
1: foot one passing savant who's dominant at every level of basketball as far as offensively. Can shoot with fantastic post footwork can stroke a mid range can work the pick and roll the pick and pop can hit a three can facilitate from the three-point line from the post from the deep post from the elbow off the dribble I mean like offensively Jokic's talents and gifts are staggering and I think Denver's still like one piece away from really putting it together but I think they have the potential to really, really, really figure it out if they can stay healthy because they've had a little bit of issue with that um, and if Jamal Murray takes that next step. He, if he, we were talking about the guy who's really going to break through this year, if you were to ask me what player that player is going to be this year, I would put my money on Jamal Murray.
0: Mm-hmm. So, yeah, okay. with,
1: with, with Jokic, that's kind of where I'm sitting at. Like, he, he is... Be, what what I think a modern day Sabonis would be like minus the athleticism because, Jokic is is very slow. Well, by the time Portland
0: got Sabonis, he didn't have any athleticism. <laughs> he, was gone. Like, 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 he Like he had like, no athleticism. If you think he basically of, <laughs> like sat in it, like could have put him on like on a stool just sitting there. Yeah, that, and which is kind of like exactly Jokic now.
1: That, that's basically Jokic now. So if you give is like, Sabonis is like current athleticism like like what yeah. fifty five years old to jokic with, with like peak Arvita's skill set that's 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 jokic um which is still a hell of a basketball player so mm-hmm. uh but yeah I, I, the west is going to be so so interesting this year so we'll uh, we'll see what happens i feel like
0: portland can be a can can be a
1: could have be been a, a part- contender. An
0: active participant <laughs> a and... participant in the race, I mean, I I don't want to say like I don't mean it. This I don't mean it like contender as in like ultimate contender. No, no, no. But I I think they're in the game. Word. What is
1: participants a great word? Oh.
0: <laughs> I feel like you're not giving him very much credit when you say that. <laughs>
1: yep, I
0: mean, <sighs> there you go. Well, Danny, happy birthday this week. <coughs> I'm so excited thank for you basketball my, for my start. Yes, thank
1: you. <laughs> I am excited for your birthday. I'm
0: excited for you on your birthday. I'm excited for me on my on your birthday because it means I get to watch basketball again. I'm not going to be there, unfortunately, in person. But I am going to go to the San Antonio game, so that will be fun. All
1: right. Well, let's go ahead and wrap this one up. We're running a little bit long, but I think it's okay since we're the
0: Yes, it's for your birthday. True. Alright, well you can find me on Twitter at TCB and you can also find the Hoops and Talks podcast. You can find them on Twitter at Hoops and Talks. We'll have an episode coming out later this week. And that's about it for me.
1: Alright folks, you can find me on Twitter at Green Ray.
0: Probably learn to spell my own name. Y'all right there, buddy? Ooh, rough times. Um, it's all that saltwater caffeine you had before we got started. It's gone right to your head. going right uh,
1: Also, you can find me on Blazers Outsiders before and after every Blazers game this season. Uh, about an hour before tip and usually about a half hour after the final horn whenever Blazers broadcast goes to Joe Simon, Shane Brennan, and myself. Uh, we'll be there throughout the entire season and into the playoffs uh, as necessary. Uh, big thank you to everybody who sent their support our way during the halftime show uh, during the preseason if you're wondering yes it was an absolute blast thank you for the support and everybody that said hi thank you and everybody that said you sucked I saw that too so appreciate it thanks for watching <laughs> you still count on the ratings uh, other than that folks basketball's here October 18th at the motor Center LeBron James let us know on the, you know down below in the comments what's your score what's your prediction What are you hoping for, for game one through game 82? Uh, For Terrible on Bigs, I'm Danny Moran. We'll catch you guys next time. See ya.